The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. We are so glad you're here, and thank you for letting us know how much you're enjoying the show. We're uh, getting some postings on Facebook and getting emails. Um, It's great to hear from you. And uh, thank you so much, George, who posted on our Spirit of Recovery wall on Facebook for joining in the discussion. had some great thoughts about how he uh, sees spirit at work um, in his recovery. So thank you, George, for doing that. And join us on Facebook on, uh, in that discussion. Spirit of Recovery is a new program for this fall season on Unity FM. And so thank you. I know you've been spreading the word to the people that you know. And uh, please keep doing that to people that you know in recovery and unity and other communities and your circles of friends. Uh, let them know about our program. We're just excited to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity FM. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. People who are in recovery themselves or who work with recovering people. We bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person in recovery from any kind of addiction, if you're a family member or a friend of someone with the disease of addiction, or if you're someone who simply wants to learn more about the process of recovery, the Spirit of Recovery welcomes you and your participation in our discussions. As I said, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and trained in addiction counseling. I'm the Minister of Soul Matters Ministry, a consulting ministry that's a professional resource for spiritual communities, people in recovery, and counseling professionals. And also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development almost 30 years ago. So my walk is an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that walk has changed, and I'll tell you, it keeps changing my life in wonderful ways. So I am 
quite delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what your experiences are with spirituality and recovery. On every show, we give away a recovery book from Hazelden Foundation at www.hazelden.org. And today we are uh, featuring the meditation book, Walk in Dry Places by Mel B. Mel is going to be my guest next week here on the show, so we really want to feature him and get you excited about Mel coming on. He's a well-loved recovery author and a speaker with over 60 years of sobriety. So in the second segment of our show, be our second caller or emailer and walk in dry places. That meditation book is yours. Today we're talking about practicing these principles, metaphysics, and the 12 steps. And joining me is my friend and my colleague, my guest, Albert W., And Albert is a recovering person, a unity minister, and who before answering his call to ministry practiced law in Houston, Texas for many years. So welcome to the show today, Albert. It's good to be here, Anna. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so glad that you're here. Um, I know that you have a rich recovery and you've got a lot to share uh, with our listeners. And I know that the 12-step principles and the unity principles have been part of your life and your spiritual growth for many years. And in fact, uh, you shared with me that October is your sobriety birthday month. That's correct. On the 16th, I will have uh, 35 years of sobriety. Congratulations. That That's incredible. And I know that that has taken a lot of work and I imagine a lot of surrender. And uh, Thanks for doing that work personally and developing your consciousness because I know, as we all know, that's where it starts and that's what matters and that from that you've done so much work with people through ministry and your everyday peaceful presence really touches lives and opens the way to a spiritual life for a lot of people. So, Albert, thank you. Thanks for your sobriety and and thanks for... uh, for hanging in there for the 35 years and doing a lot more than hanging in there, for keeping on growing and, and expanding yourself. And thanks for being with us today. It's good to be here. Yeah. So would you tell us how it all got started, how you got into recovery and how uh, you got into unity? And I think there are some connections there, but how did it all get started for you? Uh, it all got started because I couldn't take it anymore. And mm-hmm. the... Uh, there was a pain that was going on in my life. Uh, I was uh, moderately successful at what I was doing, and but I I wasn't happy at what I was doing, and I was struggling. And I, there was a, uh, there was a, a moment that I, I literally got up one morning and. Uh, uh, there were some things that uh, that were going on in my life that that I that I wasn't that I was pretty sure I didn't like. I still was not ready to admit that I had a uh, a problem with alcohol. I thought I was at a point where I could c- sort of control it, and I wound up calling uh, AA. I called the AA Intergroup, and uh, they had somebody that said they would come out and talk to me. And I thought, well, you know, this is good because I can meet them at my office. They can see that I'm uh, relatively successful and that, you know, I'm not a gutter drunk and I'm sure they're going to tell me that uh, just just don't get any worse. Kind of hold it where you are and everything will be okay. But that still wasn't dealing with what was going on on 
in on the inner. And there were a couple of folks came by, and uh, they uh, could kind of well, not kind of they could see through what I was what I was talking about, and they invited me to go to a meeting that night, which I had not thought about doing when I called them, and I told them I said, "Well, you know, I'm busy tonight, but maybe I can make it tomorrow night or the next night." And they were very sincere, and they said, well, you know, the folks that we know that uh, have this problem of alcoholism, uh, they sort of think it's one of the most important things to do in their life to deal with it and because it's a matter of life and death. So, uh, you know, that's not you, but that's that's the ones we know. So I I did change my plans for that night and did go out, and uh, that was on the, the 16th, and uh, – that was uh, the last time that uh, that I uh, the day before that was the last time that I'd had uh, any alcohol to drink, and then uh, to move on into Unity, it was a, a year or so, and a friend of mine invited me to go to a church, and I had really had it with organized religion. I had gotten to a point where I. I had made a, a sort of an agreement with God. I I would never ever have said I was an atheist because I would have been. I was too concerned that if uh, if there really was a God, that He would smack me around for that. And so there was a chance I just didn't want to take. And uh, so I had pretty much come to an agreement over the years. You know, just you don't mess with me, and I won't mess with you. And so I did not want to go to a to a church. And a friend of mine who was my sponsor in the program just casually invited me to go. And I said, no. I said, I've pretty much had it with organized religion. He said, well, you might find this to be a little bit different. It's called unity. <laughs> and I said, well, if I want to go, I'll go to the one that's around the, the street from where I live. He said, no, the one around the street from where you live is Unitarian. That's not unity. It's it's <laughs> It's different. And so he invited me, and uh, I went. Uh, it, strangely enough, didn't resonate at that point. Uh, I went a couple of times, and I don't know, six months, uh, sometime later, I was at an AA retreat and had a, a overwhelming desire to go to church. And the only one that I had been to in the past probably 20 years had been Unity. So I packed my bags, went. Went home, went to Unity, and strangely enough, the minister that was there, who I didn't resonate with that much. You know, he was all right, but he was just not somebody that I resonated with. He either announced that Sunday or the Sunday before that he was leaving, mm-hmm. and they started trying out uh, candidates, and uh, and they said they were bringing them in, and the couple that they chose uh they were the perfect folks for me for my spiritual path at that time. Uh, Sig and Jane Paulson came to Houston, and uh, that was that was really what uh, what got me involved in first doing working with Unity, and uh, then uh, eventually uh, making the decision or having the decision made for me. Uh, to step away from being a minister or step away from being a lawyer and uh, and apply for ministerial school. And uh, here it is. I 
sometime later. <laughs> You're still and, at it. I'm still at it. Well, officially, I'm retired, but uh, I'm still doing uh, uh, quite a bit of interim transitional work uh, within Unity. Mm-hmm. So, We're glad you are. We're glad you are. You're making an important uh, impact, so we're grateful for that. I know that you told me about um, your part. One thing that happened early on, I believe, after you started going to Unity, was that some people in Alcoholics Anonymous and and some people in Al-Anon family groups decided they wanted to study Emmett Fox's Sermon on the Mount, that book, and um, and so I know that that has always been a book that uh, that the early AAs used, and certainly in Unity, we're very familiar with Emmett Fox. Uh, he was a friend of Unity and a great metaphysician. And um, so would you tell us about that, how that got going? We did. We uh, decided that we wanted a little bit more in our spiritual growth and that we wanted to focus on uh, purely spiritual principles. And so we, uh, there were several of us that looked around and said, well, what do we really want to work with? And we had the – I don't know that any of us had seen – anything to back this up but we certainly knew the urban legend that the original uh, 100 in AA uh, had lugged around a copy of Emmett Fox's Sermon on the Mount and a Bible when they were when they were writing the book of Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. so we uh, thought well let's look at studying uh, Sermon on the Mount so we we got a group together and we Used very much the uh, the ideas within AA as we did that, and said, "Okay, we'll we'll study this book. We will not study Emmett Fox, though. We don't want to know who he was or what he was personally. We want to look at the principles that he wrote about." And so, for gosh, probably a couple of years, uh, we had a a meeting where we. Uh, virtually dissected uh, Sermon on the Mount and we went through it paragraph by paragraph and discussed it and and applied it to our lives and uh, and uh, and just worked with it. And we started with a group of probably six, eight, ten people and uh, at one point it probably grew to 25 or 30 people that were coming to share in that. And it was, again, was not learning what was in the book it was getting taking what was in the book uh, and and taking it as part of our lives, and then working to apply that and to use what was written and what was uh, what was contained in the book in our lives, and to take it with us uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, in that book, it, there's it's so rich, and and certainly some of the things that are in there, it's it obviously he's really talking about the the teachings of Jesus and interpreting those metaphysically and how did that affect you? Did it, did you look at those in a new way or did it change your view of the Bible or scripture or or how that impacted your life or anything? It changed my view of the Bible. And then uh, some of the courses, uh, classes that I was taking at, uh, at unity in Houston began to change my view of the, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I want to back up for a moment. I don't know that they changed my view of the Bible as much as they gave me some some ahas about the Bible that I had probably been suspecting all all along. 
and right. I I don't I know that I had what I'd always been told that it was, but I think at the very core of my being that uh, that there was a doubt that 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 that's really what it was that it was that it was this book that was uh dropped down from heaven and that uh, that God had written it and so uh as I began to to read uh Emmett Fox and as I began to take the courses the classes at uh at uh Unity in Houston uh it was like that this is what I've believed and this is what has has not knowing this has is what has separated me from from the church. Not knowing this is what has separated me from uh, from religion, and uh, so it it gave me uh, an entry and a doorway into religion. Mm-hmm. So almost from the very beginning, it's interesting uh, to me, Albert, that your journey that that the unity principles, the metaphysical principles, and the recovery principles were intertwined for you almost from the beginning. How do you think that that affected your early recovery or or even, of course, up to now? Uh, I think it... Uh I think it enhanced it. I think it uh, has made uh, recovery uh, and sobriety easier for me because I have not had a separation uh, between uh, my program between the twelve steps and between uh, between unity, and I hear some folks when they're talking about uh, their spiritual path. I hear almost a, a break between uh, what their spiritual path is and what their uh, their path in in uh, AA is, and I've I've never really felt that at all since I I began being involved in unity. One of the things that uh, just grabbed me instantly uh, in in the twelve steps was the idea of God as we understood God. I had never ever had an inkling that uh, that that was a possibility. Uh, every uh, church I'd ever been to, every uh, spiritual group I'd ever been to, up until AA, it was God as the preacher told you. Or God as the Sunday school teacher told you. And if you didn't accept God as, uh, as was, was taught to you, then you were not welcome to be a part of that group. Right. And, That's a, a powerful, powerful message. And we're, we have to take a short break right now, but hope we're going to hold on to that and we're coming back and we'll be talking about that when we get back. So when we come back, we'll have the Serenity Minute and then back with my guest, Albert. Join us when we come back for segment two. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to Unity FM online radio. We rely on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate. Thank you.
A light shines in the silent unity cupola 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A light that represents 120 years of continuous prayer and stories of blessings received. Everyone has a prayer story, be it healing, prosperity, peace, or personal transformation. Here is one such story. Love is the great miracle worker. My daughter Kristen literally died twice, once at home and again in the hospital a day later. We met with her cardiologist yesterday, and after only six weeks, they tell us her heart is functioning normally. God's love came through Silent Unity's prayer and healing thoughts. Our gratitude to God and to all of you is endless. Your loving energy is much needed and appreciated. For more about Silent Unity's 120th anniversary and to request a free CD titled Timeless Prayers from Silent Unity, visit www.silentunity.org and click on the link. Have a blessed day. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answer yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Rev. Kevin Ross and friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Rev. Kevin and friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Rev. Kevin Ross and Friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Unity's online radio, the voice of an awakening world. To join the discussion, call us at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today, and if you're just joining us, our topic is Practicing These Principles, Metaphysics, and the Twelve Steps. My guest is Albert W., Unity Minister, Recovering Person, and former lawyer. Before we hear more um, from Albert about how he lives the 12 steps and the Unity Principles, we're going to take a moment for our Serenity Minute. We do this every week. It's a time to relax, to focus on a constructive thought, and to let ourselves be refreshed by the Spirit within. 
So right now I invite you to join me in focusing on this constructive idea. As we relax, let go. Allow our minds to rest, to be open, and to be refreshed. Our idea for today is, my higher power is with and within me. I am not alone. All is well. My higher power is with and within me. I am not alone. All is well. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I know that you are refreshed, that you are renewed by letting your mind and your heart open to the spirit within. And now we're back to our topic, practicing these principles, metaphysics and the 12 steps with my guest, Albert W. Remember that we want you to join in the conversation, so call or email us with your comments and questions. Let us know how you're living the spiritual principles. Um, And our second caller or emailer gets the book today, Walk in Dry Places by Mel B. And uh, uh, the phone number is 888-55-UNITY or spiritofrecovery at unity.fm if you are wanting to email us. So, Albert, when we uh, closed before our break, you were talking about the idea of God as we understand God and how important that was for you. So tell us more about that, why that was mattered to you. Well, that was important because I had never really been able to accept everything that had been shared with me about uh, the nature and the activity of God. I could not believe in a God that was uh, vicious. I could not believe in a God that was that was punishing. I could not believe in a God that was uh, that separated him, her, or itself from us. So that was that was a real. Uh, it resonated with me to hear that, and then when I began to go into unity and this was not something that brought me into unity but it was it was what wound up keeping me here and I began to hear people uh, on my first time that I started talking to people at unity you could hear people sharing different ideas and nobody seemed to be afraid to share the different ideas they had about God or about their spirituality and then as I as I studied and I uh, and as I took some of the classes I began to be exposed to some of the uh, old unity stalwarts uh, like uh, Eric Butterworth and uh, Eric's writings just really resonated with me because he said the same thing about unity that was written about uh, God as we understand God in Eric's writings he said that you have to come to an understanding of what unity means to you. He didn't say that we had to learn what uh, 
uh, our founders uh, said about unity, but we had to come to an understanding of what it meant to us. And I thought, I'm home because that's uh, – I, I get to look at God. I get to wrestle with uh, who and what God is. And I also get to come to an understanding of what uh, of what this spiritual uh, discipline, this spiritual uh, community of unity uh, is for me. So those two just, just resonated uh, perfectly for me. Right. That must have – felt very freeing for you as you said you'd had it with church and now here you are in two communities that are both inviting you uh to explore god as you understand and and to be have an honest spirituality yeah the last serious spirituality that i had uh was uh probably at 12 13 something like that and i went through two years of communion uh in uh in the lutheran church and there's you know, I, I loved the minister there dearly, but there wasn't a lot of room for uh, personal freedom in what was there. It was all written in the in the books we studied, and you didn't vary what was in the books. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. So this is a real contrast to the recovery and the unity. It's in, inviting actually an inner exploration. Uh, and certainly bouncing off people's ideas, obviously, in both of those communities, we love to read books. But um, but in the end, it's about yourself. Exactly. And you're, you're reading books to, to cause you to think, not reading books to memorize and tell you what to think. And there, there's a difference between being told what to think and being told how to think and that thinking is, is an option. Right. Good point. Good point. Well, Albert, one thing I want to uh, bring up to make sure that our listeners understand this, because uh, sometimes people don't always understand this next point, and that is about the 11th tradition in 12-step programs. And that 11th tradition is the anonymity tradition. And it says that uh, members of the programs maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, TV, and film. And the purpose of that, uh, certainly many people interpret it many ways, but uh, we adhere to that on our program, uh, meaning that when we have guests on our program that are in recovery, we uh, do not give their full name, and we use the name and last initial, or sometimes if people want, we can even use a pseudonym. And uh, talk to us about your, and that's for our, for our show, that the purpose of that is to adhere to that, to respect that 12-step tradition. So would you tell us from your perspective what that tradition means to you? Uh- I will tell you, tell you what it means to me and why it's important to me that folks understand it. I do not want anyone to think that I'm in any way ashamed or embarrassed to be involved in a 12-step program. That's not why uh, you and I discussed following the tradition. It's really following the, the tradition and what has worked for those who has who have come before us. And so the anonymity is not between me and individuals, uh, but it's, it's on, on, uh, on a, a, a higher level, not a spiritual level, but on a level where folks can look up. And if they said, oh, you know, look, look at him, uh, look at his, his sobriety, look at what he's done. And then if a person trips and falls and they've, they've blasted their, uh, their sobriety across at the level of press, uh, 
radio, TV, whatever, it can be very damaging. It also is it, – it means that what we're trying to do within the 12 steps is have people pay attention to the principles that are there and not the personalities that are there. Uh, and uh, – so, so anonymity doesn't mean that I can't sit and talk with someone or even a group of people and, and about the program and them know who I am as an individual. Uh, it's just that at the level that, uh, that we're working at here since, uh, since it is on the level of, of radio that, uh, that we follow, uh, the tradition that the, that the folks came up with because it, it's what worked with them. They saw a lot of difficulties, uh, come out of people. Uh, broadcasting, if you will, their, uh, the fact that they, they weren't drinking and that they were in AA and broadcasting this across the, the airwaves. And uh, back then they still had newspapers and in the newspapers <laughs> and whatnot. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that's really important and it, it does have uh, important implications in a lot of ways. Thanks for explaining that um, to us. I know that one thing you told me, you made a statement to me that life wouldn't have been the same for me if I hadn't been in both unity and in recovery. So you've already told us a lot of ways that it's it's uh, made a difference for you. And um, one thing I'm, I'm wondering if it's helped you to open up to a, a bigger sense of, of really living your life to have delved into your spirituality and been in both of these communities. It really has. Uh, it, it, it's it's hard to to say. It 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 all came together, I guess. The uh, you being in both of them is what gave me the the courage, uh, if that's the right word, and the willingness to step away from the legal practice and. Uh, it was it was unity uh, that uh, that gave a path to me that that really called my heart, and uh, it was AA that uh, that uh, that gave me uh, the sobriety to be able to follow my heart, uh, because certainly if I had had still been drinking, uh, I would not have had uh, the 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 courage uh, to or. I, I may not have even seen the path of unity, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so, and then as the two unfolded together, uh, they've just uh, allowed me to uh, to live and view the world in a way that uh, I never uh, never dreamed existed. Uh, it it's just it, it's worked together nicely. <laughs> There's not much other way to put it. Yeah, I know. Uh, a friend of mine who is a Unity uh, student it told me that way back in the 80s when uh, – before he was uh, in – really in – very involved – before he was very involved in Unity, he had just gotten in recovery in a 12-step program, and he was attending the church where you were a minister. And um, he told me that when he went to these classes that you were teaching, that it helped him stay sober because he heard – what he heard was you talking about the 12 steps. But when I told you about that, you laughed and said, well, I wasn't talking about the 12 steps. 
So I think that's interesting. Tell me how you see that. That's that to me is is the magic and and the the mysticness of uh, of AA and of unity. Uh, it when you wind up living the principles. Uh, and when you wind up trying to incorporate these into your life, they ju- they just come out not in, in necessarily the uh, in the in the formal language that you would have in AA, uh, but you you just the principles just kind of uh, ooze forth in into the world. As uh, I've heard some spiritual teachers say, you wind up with leaky margins. And uh, the the margins uh, allow the the principles to come forth, and and I did think that was, that was that was humorous because I don't ever recall teaching the steps in unity or teaching the principles in unity until uh, probably some twenty years after that, and that uh, that that was the level that we connected on uh, is just incredible, and and is a, is a statement about uh, the mystery and the. Uh, the magic of of the the steps and unity. Right now, tell us a little bit about the time after that. You said, as you said, maybe twenty years later, when you did um, consciously decide to teach a unity class that talked about the twelve steps, and that was an interesting story. You I had some ins and outs with that. I I did. I I was working on a class called Unity in the Twelve Steps, and. Uh, I was teaching it as a as a credit class. It was an elective, and it really never took off very well. And I wrestled with why, and I think that uh, there was a lot more ego in there than than I would have been willing to admit at the time, and that uh, that that ego had had played a part and had had built a barrier there because I don't recall and here I was trying to impart you know this uh, this knowledge that I had at that point garnered over it would have probably been close to 20 years and uh, you know I I guess there was part of me that knew that I knew everything and it didn't resonate with anyone and then I look back and here I was just uh in the class that I was teaching, that uh, that your friend was talking about, I was just trying to uh, to be honest and trying to do uh, uh, to to be a good minister, and and it worked. We connected. So uh, I, I think your ego can wind up being a a tremendous barrier uh, to what you try to do in life, and I think that that's exactly what happened to me in that case. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of that uh, phrase that sometimes goes around in recovery circles about that which comes from the heart touches the heart. And uh, as you're saying in that first instance with the friend I was talking about, you were coming from your heart and uh, it was obviously touching his heart. And in, in the second one, although obviously you had great uh, a great intention and great impulse, somehow maybe it it got out of the heart and into the head or bit or something. I, I think I think that that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you told me also that you and some other Unity ministers made some audio tapes about the twelve steps, and unfortunately, I have not heard them. But and that was back at that same time. Uh, no. This we made the tapes before that. Okay. We made the tapes. Uh, Right after I was in school, or while I was in uh, in school, so that would have been in '83, 
And the class that I was putting together would have been 88-ish, somewhere in there. Right, right, right. So. The, um, I know the, the that, tapes uh, got, got good uh, – feedback and we did have some good comments we were doing those i think from the heart we weren't trying to show how smart we were oh. we, we were we were uh, just uh, really sharing uh the principles and uh and what recovery and what unity uh had uh, had meant and was meaning to our lives right yeah that makes all the difference uh, and you, certainly we see that both in, in unity as we're sharing as uh, ministers and as people and, and uh, people that share in the recovery realm also find that, that it's when, uh, when people tell their own story or, or come from that place, it makes so much difference. Yeah, and it really changes everything. There was a catalyst that was part of that, that tape series that was a, a gentleman who had taught here while – I was in school, and he had an 11-step meeting in his home, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was the one that had put together the creation of that tape series. And so it was uh, – his his, uh, spirit and soul had a a lot to do with uh, how that came together. We'll be right back. Join us for the third segment of our program. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM. A Catholic priest, a doctor from the Mayo Clinic, and a woman from Trinidad meet at Unity Village. No, that's not the beginning of a joke. It's the incredible reality of a Spirit Path experience. Spirit Path at Unity Village is the Heartland's premier spiritual retreat and workshop destination. Start planning your Spirit Path getaway to Unity Village, Missouri now. For a complete list of Spirit Path workshops and retreats, visit www.spiritpathonline.org slash unityfm. That's spiritpathonline.org slash unityfm. Can business and spirituality coexist in today's competitive marketplace? Is it possible to apply spiritual principles to the business world? How do we inspire and motivate employees in a complex, constantly changing work environment? Dr. Charlotte Shelton and her co-host Jim Blake discuss spiritual principles in the workplace each week on Good Business. Tune in to learn what business leaders are doing to allow spirit to guide their business practices. Call in with your thoughts and questions on how to bring these two practices together. It's Good Business every Monday at 4 p.m. Central Time right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. 
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Practicing These Principles, Metaphysics and the Twelve Steps. My guest is Albert W., Unity Minister, Recovering Person, and former lawyer. And he's sharing with us how he's integrated uh, Unity Principles and the Twelve Steps, how he uses that in his life, and how uh, the experiences that he's had with that in ministry and in sharing this with other people. And we're going to be hearing thoughts about how he keeps his spirituality on the growing edge. And um, surely that will give our listeners some ideas about how they can as well. Again, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to join into this uh, discussion, please give us a call or email us, and we'd be happy um, to hear from you. So, um, Albert, I know that you uh, went to San Antonio to visit the uh, 75th uh, convention anniversary, not 75th convention, but the anniversary, um, 75th anniversary of Alcoholics Anonymous. So tell us a little bit about that. And since they're only every five years, it would be hard for it to be the 75th convention. Yeah, so. yeah that'd be, that would be pretty long. long <laughs> that, time. That, that would be pretty long. Yeah. Uh, it was the second convention that I had had an opportunity to go to. I was able to go to the one in 05 in Toronto. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed the one in Toronto, but for some reason in San Antonio, I was more aware of the diversity of those of us who are involved in 12-step programs. It just seemed to to stand out more uh, mm-hmm. than than it did in uh, in Toronto. And and I I looked around and there there was just some incredible feelings of uh, of people of 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 different economic backgrounds, uh, social background, every, any background you can imagine, and they're coming together in a convention and talking about how to live life and how to take these principles and apply them to their lives and make their lives better. And uh, it was it was it was. It was just an, an amazing thing to uh, to see uh, that uh, that display going on, and you, I just at times uh, walked around in awe of uh, of the folks that were there, and uh, I enjoyed the, the meetings that I went to, but just seeing the the brothers and sisters in uh, the program that were there was to me the most. Uh, powerful uh, part of the whole whole experience right it's that that unity in in diversity that although we're different on the outside people in a program like a 12-step program find that commonality and i i believe in the big book of alcoholics anonymous it speaks about people being in a lifeboat and all the class distinctions disappear when you're in that lifeboat right mm-hmm. yeah and, that's and, great and they disappear there i mean you you See folks that are uh, that look like they're almost street people talking to folks that are you know wearing uh, uh, what looks to be a Giorgio Armani shirt, you know. <laughs> right. And they're they're just uh, and the funny part is the guy in the Giorgio Armani Armani shirt may be taking instructions from the street person. He may be listening uh-huh. to find out what the guy is doing right in uh-huh. his life. So it's a uh, uh, you you never know. It's uh, people tend to at at something like well in the program they tend to listen for 
the the ideas and the ideals as opposed to uh you know who is this that's saying it they they i think listen more with their heart than they do with their head in in uh, evaluating what they're hearing and the principles and you can hear uh incredible truths uh from uh folks that you might not uh, stop and listen to otherwise and then you hear them saying something you say oh my gosh that that resonates with my soul mm-hmm. so it's that real wisdom yeah yeah well i know that you uh made the statement that uh, when you were taking a class uh, during your ministerial training at Unity, you were also taking a class at St. Paul's Seminary. And uh, in the class, uh, the instructor was uh, talking about what is real scripture. And you said something uh, quite interesting, and I want to hear that and share that with our listeners. Part of what where, where that has gone, and I'll share with you where it's gone before I share with you about that, uh, I often wrestle with the idea of God's will. Yes. And I I hear a number of folks talking about God's will almost as if it was a AAA triptych. You know, if they could just get hold of the of the map, then their world would be would be wonderful. And but we can't find a map like that. And in as as I was wrestling with God's will for me, uh it it just jumped out at me in the big book, which is the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says that it's God's will for us to be happy, joyous, and free. And it doesn't say that we have to have any type of job or any type of clothing or live in a certain house. That's just God's will for us. So if we're not experiencing that, then what decisions are what what choices are we making that are bringing that about the next thing that happened to me is i began to see that in the big book as scripture because what uh, there was a wonderful scholar that taught at uh, saint paul's name his name was lindsey farrago and he was talking about uh one of the passages and it roughly is this this writing being of uh, of God being in the Bible is scripture. And he said that that was a mistranslation of what was there. And he said that the way that that should have been translated is that all writing that is of God is scripture. And I began to look, or, or, or all writing that is inspired by God is scripture. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, and then when I really got to thinking about that, I got to thinking about the millions of lives that have been impacted by the book, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, and that it's just incredulous to me to think that that book is not – that that book is not – inspired by God because of all of the differences that it has made in uh, in the lives of folks. And so I, I wrestle with that, and it, it just became very easy uh, for me to, to say, that book is Scripture because it is inspired by God because I see how many people it has, how many people's lives it's changed and uh, how, how many uh, uh Rex, uh, it's restored. 
Mm-hmm. So the proof is in the pudding. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. What practical tips would you give to ministers who want to support uh, recovering people or who want to keep a door open for people who want to enter recovery? I would suggest that if they're not involved in recovery themselves, that they find uh, folks in their congregation or in their community who are. And uh, then when they have someone who is having uh, a challenge with uh, an addiction with alcohol or drugs, uh, I think they can go uh, they can go to those folks because part of of what the program is about it's about having someone that can relate to you that has the same challenge, same difficulty that you're having in life and as a, as a minister, if they are not dealing with with uh, with alcoholism, if they're not dealing with drug addiction, they don't have the same problem. They can't relate and don't relate to that to to the drunk, if you will, to the alcoholic or drug addict in their congregation. And if they've got someone in their congregation that that they can tap on the shoulder, they can hook them up. They also are helping the person that is in recovery because part of what we do to stay sober is to carry this message to the alcoholic, to the drug addict who is still suffering and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So they are giving the member of their congregation an opportunity to to, – do a greater implementation of the program in their life. Right. Thank you. That's a good tip. And it really matters. I know I've talked to several people that said that they were participating in church, but perhaps their addiction was still active or they were a family member of somebody with an active addiction. And so church didn't really mean a lot to them until they began. Of course, it meant something. I'm not saying it meant nothing, but it meant a lot more once they began their uh, process in recovery as a family member or as a person with a substance addiction. Right. Yep. So that really makes a difference. So we're almost uh, out of time here, but if you could give us just one more tidbit for people that uh, themselves that are in recovery, that want to, that are in unity or in some other spiritual path or just people uh, in general that want to keep their spirituality growing, what would you tell them? Well, the first, the most simple thing in in a recovery program is don't drink, don't do drugs. Uh, go to meetings, uh, talk to people who uh, uh, are sober, who who are experiencing sobriety, and uh, just keep practicing the principles. But the first thing you do is uh, stay away from alcohol then, and then our drugs, and then uh, and then use the the steps to uh, and and the principles in your spiritual program uh, to enhance your life. Right. So the key is is take what you know and put it to use. Uh, that's the isn't that the last of our five principles in unity? I the, believe it is. I and yeah. tell us what that is. The, the, that's uh, we have to take what we know into the world and utilize it. And then the last step in uh, in AA is having had a spiritual awakening is the results of these steps. We tried to take this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So those seem very similar to me, and uh, they just uh, kind of go right down the line. 
Great. Albert, thank you so much for being with us today, and, and thanks for your generosity and, for again, for your sobriety. Congratulations on your 35 years and for all that you do in your recovery and to support recovering people and the ministry that you give. You make uh, such a, an impact in our unity movement and in the world. Thanks for opening up spirituality to all of us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening today. We're really glad that you're with us. And um, we hope that you'll become a fan on Facebook. You can find us very easily. Post your comments on the wall or join in the discussion. And tell us what recovery books you're reading. Join us next week when we'll have Mel B. with Walk in Dry Places. God bless. You're in my prayers and I see your life expanding in all good ways. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Rev. Kevin Ross and Friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Rev. Kevin and Friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. My faith brings results. By focusing on my blessings, It's easy to prove my faith. As I pay close attention, I notice the small gifts that come my way. A smile, a word of thanks, the sun breaking through the clouds, a succession of green lights on my drive home. These little blessings add up as I choose to focus on the daily miracles in my life. It is the everyday moments and my present awareness in those moments that define my experience of life. They reflect where I focus my attention and energy. I choose to focus on Spirit's unfailing presence. I have faith that whatever I need is here with me right now. I have faith that every prayer is answered. I have faith that with the Spirit, all is well. Daily Word Inspiration and Practical Teachings 
to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Wake up, wake up, awake Do you hunger for deep changes in your life, deep changes in our world? Mahatma Gandhi said it best, be the change you wish to see in the world. Join Reverend Crystal Muldrow and explore fuller, more harmonious ways of living. By awakening your inner talents and gifts, you can wake up your spiritual magnificence, change your life, change our world. You wake up. Join us Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time for You Wake Up with host Reverend Crystal Muldrow, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Wake up, awake up. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts. 